Hello and welcome to Who's Dropping at the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. And we've just come back from Birds of Prey. Which I have just been shocked because, you know, we have a we have a practice of not looking at reviews. But actually, just when I was looking for the IMDb or Wikipedia page, just to try and remember some of the names of the people involved, you're seeing all these glowing reviews. And I must say, I think it's the worst film I've seen all year. I, I was enduring it. I was kind of hating it every, you know, almost every moment, really. I kind of... Um, you know, you see what the film is trying to do. It's a multiracial cast. It's an all-woman cast. It's done as a kind of a patriarchal thing. But it's completely tone-deaf and ugly, and the action sequences don't work. <laughs> um, give me give me what you think about it being tone-deaf. Because that's not a word I would... I would say it's got no tonal ability or agility or sense. But tone-deaf? Tone-deaf... By that I mean that you could see what they're trying to do, for example, with the Ewan McGregor character. Yeah, that it's it's meant to have like this quirky sense of humor. Mm. The things are meant to be funny in a kind of an exaggerated, gross uh, turntable way, turning things upside down. Mm. Yeah, and it just doesn't work. But what I would associate with the with the word tone deaf would be tasteless. Do you think it's tasteless? Because that's not no. So to me, to me, tasteless me. means something different than tone deaf. Yeah. Yeah, tasteless means well that's got no taste. <laughs> yeah, or uh, or that it's gross. Yeah. Uh, tone deaf means that this is a film that's relying on a particular type of humor, and the film is not achieving it. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, but you could see that it's trying to, and it's working. Uh, you know, the the scenes proceed as if it's achieved it, but it just hasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that's I why... I agree with that. It comes to points where you where it's obvious that a joke is being made and it just dies. Falls flat, you know. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's tone deaf. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean by it. Yeah. Uh, and I found it painful to watch. I thought I thought it was like an endurance test for me, right? Like, I, th- I think if I hadn't been with you, I probably would have walked out, mm. uh, which I would have regretted because I think the extent of the film's feminist project if one can call it that didn't reveal itself to me until the end when yeah. they all team up when they all team up and it's an all woman thing against you know the corrupt violent patriarchy right mm. um but it's so badly done you know i just kind of can't get behind it it has no sense of style or or a tone i suppose um as you say like there were there were moments that made me laugh. I quite like the thing with the sandwich early on, and she and the whole her whole thing in that police chase is that she wants a sandwich, and then they have that slow motion shot where she loses her sandwich and it's tragic. I quite like that. There were bits and pieces that that kind of worked on me, but and actually there was a, there was a long take shot early on where you're introduced to the crossbow killer, the huntress character, yes. and the scene is of uh, a group of people she's killed. And in this single take, it goes back and forth between the police officer looking over the scene and the actual scene in progress when she was killing them, which I thought oh, that was quite effective. You know, maybe this and this is all very early on, so I thought maybe there'll be something to this, and it all falls very flat very quickly. It's a real problem because Margot Robbie's quite wonderful in a way. I think actually, like if she had been doing exactly the same thing. But for another director, it would have been brilliant. I mean, she herself is wonderful, I think. 
you know, and the same with Ewan McGregor. I think he's giving a, a really good performance, but he's giving it in a context where it falls flat. Like, you know, he's giving it in a vacuum, right? Mm. So kind of nothing seems to work. I think the film really lets down uh, those performers, really. In another film, the same performances would have been, you know, much more effective, much more brilliant, much more delightful. Uh, she's very charismatic, you know, she's a real star. But actually, I think she, I think she's let down. I think some of the costumes that she wears are so unattractive and so ill-fitting and so... I mean, so even on that level, I think it's kind of terrible. And then to have Rosie Perez, you know, I mean... I, I think I nudged you or something. As soon as I saw her face, I thought, ooh, Rosie Perez, I love her, right? To have, like, the fantastic Rosie Perez in a film and not give her a single joke or a single funny <laughs> moment or a single bit of humor, right, which is, you know, what everyone expects of her and what she's so great at achieving is almost a crime. And actually, I think the casting is so poor, you know, like, there's not a single memorable bit or a single memorable supporting character, actually even some of the starring parts. Yeah. You think, is that the best casting you could have done for the Black Canary or the Huntress? It's unimaginative at best. Uh, and I also think the director doesn't have any ability to work with actors. I don't no. think she can get effects out of them that, that you would want. No. You know, and whatever Margot Robbie is bringing to it is stuff that she already brought to Suicide Squad. Yes. Um, that was kind of pre-existing in the character. Whatever Ewan McGregor's bringing to it is pretty obvious. Yeah. I don't think there's an imaginative spark in it, really. No. In his performance. The fight scenes were terrible. Yeah. All the action mm. scenes were terrible. Like, they just lacked imagination. I quite liked... No, I would I would disagree with two of those. I quite like the fight with the baseball bat, which was set to Black Betty. But mm. I had my... I mean, it's partly the music does the work for you, but I had, I was tapping along to that. I quite liked that. Some of the choreography they worked for. Well, I hated it. I hated... Like, the thing about the music is it had brilliant songs that everybody loves, but there was something weird about the sound work in the film. Mm. It's like... It's almost like the music was too low, and then it was overlaid with all these layers of noise, right? Yeah. It was just dreadful. And the other one I would say I liked is is the um, the roller skate chase on the bike. Yeah, some of that stuff worked quite well for me, and I think it was quite fitting as well. Like the thing about the roller skates, uh, and, and 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 I suppose it goes with with uh, Harley Quinn's costuming in that as well, with those kind of gold trousers. Like that, kind of, that worked for me. There was something that just felt I hated it, it. It felt like it hit the right tone at that point. I hated it, but there was and and one thing made me hate it even more because there's a, a there's quite a good bit in that, which is when. Um, She's in the front of the car on her roller skates, and then she does this backflip onto the car, mm. right? And you think, oh, you know, here's like this tiny bit of beautiful movement, right? The film could have been full of this type of thing, yeah. of physical agility and grace and elegance and power. Nothing, <laughs> right? And actually, that bit of moment, that moment where you see a bit of that makes you realize how empty the rest of the film is of it. Well, quite, but that moment is also what I'm picking up on to say that this is a thing that I liked. I mean, I was, okay. when, I, when I came out of the film, I was thinking, obviously, we're both it, not going to like this. It, but I was thinking, maybe I'll try and think of things that I did like, you know. Because you're a generous soul. And there are some. 
and I really wasn't expecting as you as, as you weren't the reviews to be any good I mean that was a surprise to me too when you discovered that and I looked up it was like 85% on Rotten Tomatoes bizarre it's a zero um, so <laughs> you know sort of thing obviously there are things about this people like and I don't know why um because I mean, it's worse, I think, than Suicide Squad, and that was terrible. Although you liked, Suicide I kind of Squad. liked Suicide Squad. Yeah. What did you like about Suicide Squad? Oh, I just thought it was fun and it looked great. And actually, I thought, you know, the the it was it was kind of funny. It worked on me, and the action sequences they weren't brilliant. I don't remember anyone any of them vividly. Mm. But actually, I also don't remember thinking anything was actively bad. Whereas in this one, I thought it was actively bad. Yeah, yeah. like it was. It was you. You saw all these things not working, you know. Uh, and I th- and and I don't think it's just that they're not working on me. I think actually they're poorly done. Yeah, you know? yeah, I agree. You said it was ugly. Yes, um, I do. There were moments uh, that I that I did again. These are just moments, but there were moments that I thought had some visual style, some visual beauty, even like what, um, uh, like the shot of the the, the kind of the, the crane shot that descends into the. Amusement park at the end that's kind of oh, decrepit and foggy. That. I quite like that. I thought that looked nice. Um, um. The shot of <laughs> the shot of uh, Harley Quinn emerging from those from that pink and blue smoke is pretty obvious, but it, it you know there's something nice about it. I did have a problem in that shots like that, and actually so many of the shots in the film seem to have this aesthetic attitude that, that, of like, will this look good in the trailer? Okay. You know, they have that. I, but worse than that, because that whole that whole funhouse sequence, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the first thing you think of is Orson Welles, right? You know, the lady from Shanghai. And this is, like, so poor. Well, the first thing I thought <laughs> of was the killing joke, the Alan Moore comic, which was a, a Batman versus Joker uh-huh. comic where, where Joker takes him through uh, a you know, funhouse carnival of horror sort of thing. And, you know, that had incredible visual style on the page. Yeah. And this doesn't have any of that here. So, no, I'm not talking about the whole sequence, God, no. But just that single shot descending down, I thought, oh, that looks quite creepy and cool. Okay, you know? well... Like I, I mean, say, it's a moment. All of it was moments. Yeah, I, I thought it was, like, you know, abysmal. Um, <laughs> I really did. I mean, you know, I think I'm quite generous. Like, I, it doesn't take much for me to enjoy a film. I can go for a performance or mm. a look or an action sequence, you know... Um, but this just the heart sank and I'm actually trying to ask myself you know is this related to its politics is you know is the fact that it's so kind of evidently and obviously trying to be woke uh, you know something that I'm having trouble swallowing or does it make the the film worse for me Uh, and I'm not sure I you know I I don't think so necessarily. I mean, you know, so for example, it's great that they have like a multiracial uh, cast. Yeah. Mm. I mean, but couldn't they have cast better? You know, mm. couldn't you have more starry presences or actors who are more alive and energetic and, you know, graceful or who brought more to the parts? I mean, the 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 woman who plays the huntress is like completely charisma free you know, uh, what's her name? That's um, she's a star. What's her name? Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah, well, yeah. she was not a star in this part no. for me. No, I agree. Uh, so, and then also, you see, for me, and this might be a generational thing. You know, the Black Canary is like this film noir figure. Uh, in the comics, she was always blonde, and mm. you know, she had an affair with a Green Arrow, and you know, like this. Yeah, like. 
yeah. film noir kind of affair. <laughs> yeah, they split up. They like. Um, so I was thinking, is it bothering me that it's it's kind of cast black? And I was thinking, no, really. Like I I, I don't. That's never been a problem for me. I just think that the qualities that you associate with the Black Canary, which is which the film goes for, right? They, you know, they have her singing in a nightclub and so on, but you don't have like this slinky sexual, right? And okay, maybe they don't want a slinky sexual presence, but what have they replaced it with? So, so I just well, what have they replaced it with? I mean, there's the answer to that question is not a lot, really. It's kind of, she's a kind of a fighty woman, and she will stand up for other women. Uh, she stands up for Harley Quinn, but she's a bit of a blank, basically. Yeah, I mean, and they're all blanks, actually. It's so well, bad. <laughs> it's all in the execution for me, I think, because there is some conceptualization, as you say, of, of a kind of feminist project here. So connecting these five women, basically, well, connecting some of them is this is this patriarchal kind of background. So Harley Quinn starts off having broken up from the Joker, Yes. But she hasn't told anyone because in navigating Gotham City, she finds that she can get away with anything because people still think that Joker is protecting her. Yes. So uh, she hasn't told anyone. That everyone's scared of him, not her. Um, the uh, cop, played by Rosie Perez, there's always thing about how she's, she's a very good detective, but she was she was looked over for a promotion because uh, her male uh, colleague got the credit, he got the promotion. It happens again at the end. Mm. you know. So, so she is fighting this patriarchal system um you don't i don't think you get any sense of this with the little kids um that no. she's surviving in a patriarchal world well but the, you kind of see you do hear her father beating up her mother as she's waiting in the by the stairs don't you yes um, so, so so there's, there's an that. element yeah. um but, but that's it's quite a powerful element um, yeah, maybe. But, fitting but, uh, fitting but, uh, in with your theme, I mean. Well, I, well, this is what I was thinking about. Like, it, it, it kind of does, but also in her day-to-day life, like you don't. I don't think you see any of this. She's just well, but getting part, on pickpocketing. Part of yeah, she's getting on pickpocketing because you know she lives in an abusive family that where her father beats up her mother yeah. or somebody, some man is beating up her mother. It's so, there. I felt it could have been stronger, but it is yeah, there. no, no. Okay, um, we agree on that element. It's like you know. It's nothing, but but it does tie in what all these women have in common. Yeah. The Black Canary, um, as you say, singer in Black Masks nightclub, and he, generally speaking, is abusive, enjoys his power, uh, uses his power over women in awful ways, but also his power over men. Um, but you do see it specifically in the context of what he does to women. It's gendered, yeah. He, um, he gets off on terrorising women in a sexual way. Yeah, when he makes the woman Which is dance about and power. Strip. That's yeah, right. Exactly. But actually, none of that. I mean, even that isn't very well done. I mean, I was kind of, I was kind of cringing at the way that it was done, rather than cringing at the what con- was happening. This is exactly what I'm saying. It uh, all comes down to the execution, uh, because the idea is there. Uh, and the other one, the um, the Mary Elizabeth Winstead character, the Huntress, it's weakest with her. Um, yeah. She has a personal vendetta against the men who killed her family. And they yeah. are men, but it's not a gendered thing. It's about that diamond and money. Yeah. Um, that's what that comes down to. So I don't think that's really a part I of mean, it. I mean, you know, she's a mafia princess, so... <laughs> um, but when, they, but uh, when they're in that, in that you know, the Helter Skelter, whatever it is at the end, and they realise we've got to work together because they're going to kill us all, you know, you feel like if this has been done properly, if we've had the background really executed well, then this is going to feel like a moment where they are fighting not just for themselves and for their lives, but for 
an ideology. Mm. That's kind of what this should be heading towards when they all team up. That's mm. what this should feel like. It should feel triumphant in some way. And it really doesn't, doesn't. at all. And mm. I think it's partly that it hasn't put in enough of, of the work. And I think it's also that it... I think Margot Robbie actually really ruins that particular scene by have, by pitching in with funny little asides and all the rest of it. Yeah, but that's um, not Margot, Margot well, Robbie's Well, no, it's not, not, no, I mean, but you know. Harley Quinn then ruins the scene. Not well, it's the way that it's written and directed that yeah. ruins the scene. That's what I mean. You know. Um, um, but, you know, so, like, the, it, it obviously is trying to build this kind of framework of patriarchal subjugation and breaking out and all that kind of thing, but it's at best half-baked. Yeah. I think that's putting it quite generously. Um, yes, it's underbaked. I think it's the worst film I've seen all year. Yeah. And I wish it was better. Yes. Know? I mean, it, it, sh- it um, should be full of... I mean, I didn't have high expectations because I didn't like Suicide Squad. I didn't like the look of this from the trailers. But, I mean, even so, you think, how? why is it? Why is it so... Why is it so bland? Yes. It's so heavy-handed and tone-deaf and rhythmically... Uh, uh, well, it has the opposite of rhythm. It's kind <laughs> of... You know, the action scenes don't flow... The stunt concept don't work for me, you know. So that bit where she goes in with this huge bullet type thing, you know, and one of them throws glitter and the other one throws, uh, you know, other beanbags, you know, like kind of. It could have been marvelous, yeah. Like, kind of the concept could allow for it to be marvelous. I mean, they could have done something visually with all the glitter, you know, Mm. but they don't. So she throws glitter and you know hits. socks a cop in the eye and he falls you know I mean it's really like a visually nothing really and also it jumps back and forth at that point because at that point she she goes to the police station looking for this girl and she's got the gun and the beanbags and she starts blowing stuff up and shooting people but you don't actually know why she's there at that point and, and I, I wasn't even sure it was a police station at that point I was like so what's going on here and then as if to say oh we know that we're being incoherent the film goes pauses the voiceover comes in oh wait I need to go back three weeks to explain why we got here. I hate think, that. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Um, You're going, well, why can't you just tell me the story in order? Yeah. Because <laughs> actually, the backtracking didn't do anything. No. So it wasn't as if it was changing the preconception that you already had. I think it's trying to be like, oh, this is how a, a crazy woman would tell her story. It's, it, that's, it's, just try, it's trying to put you, I think, inside the kind of way that Harley Quinn thinks. And it just doesn't... It doesn't work. In fact... Yeah. And and if she thinks kind of incoherently, well, I suppose it works because the film is incoherent. Yeah, but that's not. Um, it doesn't have a, a good effect. No. Um, okay, shall yeah. we wrap this up? I mean, you can only beat a dead horse for so long. Yeah, it's uh-huh. it's, it's very very bad. Yes, um, it's so. the worst thing I've seen this year. So, as in since January first or since no, February thinking, last year. <laughs> I was I was thinking like for the the whole of the last year. I mean. I'm sure you'll correct me and you know rem- remember that there were times when I felt worse in the cinema. I mean, I'm not sure that but you this, did. To be fair, <laughs> I think I think you probably bang on. Yeah. Um, Do you think he had a worse time than he did in Bombshell the other week? Oh um, yes, no, this was much worse. Yeah. Okay. This Jojo is, Rabbit, you didn't like, but I can't imagine. No, but Jojo Rabbit is you know a million times superior to this. Yeah. Maleficent two, Mistress of Evil. I enjoyed that. A l- I enjoyed. Quite a bit of that, actually. <laughs> though though it wasn't good either. <laughs> oh, Neither Wolf Nor Dog. Which one was that? That was the um, uh, American Indian story. That was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. But 
that at least had the excuse of being so low budget and practically homemade. <laughs> this has no such excuse. That's true. This costs eighty-five million dollars. Uh, so yeah, and we've seen some other stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's it's about as bad. bad as it gets. <laughs> yeah. So oh. yeah, I can't recommend anyone sees it. No. Rubbish. Uh, so even if you like Suicide Squad, it turns out it's rubbish. Yes. I think so. And you were going against the grain there, you iconoclast. <laughs> well, I got my comeuppance with this one. Uh, so, uh, thank you very much for listening. <laughs> we are eavesdropping at the movies, and we are on... Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, YouTube, and uh, Spotify. Mm-hmm. On social media, we're on Facebook and Twitter. Yes. And the website is eavesdroppingatthemovies.com. And we're going to see much better films soon, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they can't all be great.